Is it Monday evening already? It must be time for the den. So let's grab a drink and have a seat. You are now entering the lion's den. With your host, Isaac Murden, a.k.a. The Finisher. Here in the den, we have conversations from the soul, where we explore stories that matter by the guests who share them. Now, here's your host, Isaac Murden. Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, everybody. This is your host, Isaac Murden, a.k.a. The Finisher. Welcome to The Den. The Den is a social-friendly podcast where, guess what, our guests come on and they tell their stories the way that they need to tell their stories, the way they know how. I have a very special guest this evening. Um, I'm not going to go into all the the specifics and everything, but I'm just going to let you guys know that she is a relationship coach, she's a relationship expert, and we're going to get right to it. So without further ado, Miss Joy Bay. How you doing this afternoon? Hi, Isaac. Just to make a correction on my name, it's Baby Joy. Baby Bay. Joy. Thank you for that correction. Really, really appreciate that. So tell our audience a little bit something about who you are and what you do. Okay, Percy, thank you for having me on today. So you can probably hear I'm ex-South African, but I live in Israel. And I help people with their relationship challenges and their relationship joys, because I believe a healthy relationship boosts your immune system, opens your heart, and gives you the best joy and journey in this life to be able to thrive and grow and expand as humans when we're in a healthy relationship. So I'm, qu- I'm quite sure, um, you know, you've been doing this work for some time. What are some of the common issues that you see in, in many relationships? Okay, great. That's such a great question. So sometimes I see grandiose women, women who are strong and they know what they want and their men are more shut down. And the truth is, if you think of it, Isaac, um, we have a spectrum of shame and the other end of shame is grandiose grandiose or one up. And healthy self-esteem is in the middle where I am no better or no worse than you are. And when I'm no better and I'm equal to you in value, then we can have a close intimate relationship. If I see myself as more special than you, Mm. or I'm shame-based, then we can't have an open, deep relationship. It's it's unequal. So very often in modern psychology, we look at people who are shame-based, they're often the ones who come in for therapy and help. But the grandiose ones are not because shame-based people feel bad about themselves, but grandiose people, the people around them feel bad. They feel fine with themselves. people and the relationships around them that feel bad if you think about it like an energy okay the energy of contempt so you think of shame to grandiose you think of this line if i take my flashlight and i point it at you i say you're a loser you don't have the right to be my friend right i look down my nose at you but if i take that same flashlight and i point it at myself it's the same energy of contempt I'm such a loser. No one will want to be my friend. No one will want to have a relationship with me. And we want to come into relational health in the center. 
I like that relational health. You talk about grandiosity, man. Look, whew. I, I think we've all experienced some of that. So grandiosity really doesn't give you um, any room, any wiggle room. It sounds like to be accountable for the actions that that you know you perceive in your relationships. Because if 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 I suffer from a level of grandiosity, then it becomes all about me and nothing about you. And if things don't go the way that I want them to go, then there can't be no relationships. And I found myself, you know, personally being in a few of those relationships and really didn't understand, well, why? I just, I just, I just want to be respected and loved. So um, grandiosity is a big one. So I want to ask you something. Um, today, I'm quite sure, like once again, um, you know, relationships are, are, are very very tricky today we we have the we have the modern relationship and we have the traditional relationships and you've been you know a relationship coach and expert in this field do you believe that both can exist in a relationship what is that both being respect or both people yes both be both people being respected in relationship because there there's two different values there Right, so that's such a beautiful question because the aim of the work that I do is to get into more full respect living. Now, your grandparents, our grandparents, well, possibly the women were okay with being having a compatible relationship. And if you'd say to your mother 50 years ago, you know, he's not really very passionate or he's not very inspiring, she'll say, is he a good provider? Does yes. he bring up food for the children? What more do you want? Exactly. But today, women are asking for more. Women have crossed a line with the feminist movement of, I can do exactly what you can do. So let me meet you eye to eye. It's not about self-development and self-empowerment. I like to talk about its relational empowerment. Let me meet you. You've had a long day. I've had a long day. Let's meet at the end of the day, eye to eye, toe to toe, and discuss how are we going to manage this life together. So what's happening is that women today are saying, look, I want a relationship with you that goes into our 80s and 90s, long walks on the beach, deep conversations, but we're (laughs) not necessarily raising boys to provide that. And instead of saying that we need to come down now to meet our men, we want our men to come up and be vulnerable. That means women need to find possibly a more gentle and generous voice in the relationship. And men need to start getting in touch with, if you like, a more feminine side to become more whole and vulnerable and get in touch with their feelings and bring that to the table as well. And instead of being, some of people say, oh, what, do you want to make men into, into women? I don't want to make men into women. I want to make men and women whole, whole people. Because sometimes we kind of live in half our world, half, I'm more feminine and soft, and we use words like love and weakness and emotion. And it's men use, I've got to be strong and I've got to be independent. And it can be quite lonely. So we want to develop both our sides to become more, more human, more whole 
human beings. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense because you're talking about communication and, and having um, being on the same level when it comes to communicating. But unfortunately, many of relationships, you know, they they're on an unbalanced scale. As, as you know, as a relationship coach, that um, communication and being accountable and being vulnerable in many relationships just don't add up. You know, me being mm-hmm. a man, if in, in any instance, if I need to trust you, right, I need to be heard and I need to be respected in order for me to get to that place of vulnerability with you. And if I don't have those three, there's no way that I'm going to allow you to, to see me vulnerable because I'm going to feel like if I see you vulnerable, then you're going to take that and use it to your advantage. Now I'm going to get to a place where now I can't trust you. A communication is just, it's going to be what it is. So that's that's a very important piece. And I think I think men have a real struggle with, what we call vulnerability. And I think we have to change the languaging. You know, when we start talking about being weak and, and being passive, um, let's, let's learn how to just enjoy and respect and, and, and develop a level of love that, that the both of you can enjoy. So that's a, that's a great, um, segue into my next question, right? Because I just want to add that point where you said about that, that you which you, that you added at the end. It's not only that I want to be respected, but I need to behave in a respectful way, and that might mean I need to help you give me what I need. I need to maybe say to you, "This is what I need." If I can give you a silly example, um, my husband, whom I've been married to for over thirty years, recently said to me, "You know, I noticed when we wash the the cutlery." You never put the knife, you always put the knives facing up. Have you noticed? I always put the blade down. I said, no, I hadn't noticed. And is there something you want to say? He said, I'd really like you to put those blades down when you wash cutlery, when you wash knives. I said, that's okay. I can do that. It doesn't really matter to me where the knives go, no problem. And I promptly forgot. I promptly forgot. And it came then with a sarcastic kind of comment. And I said, could you tell me again, you know what I'm going to need you to remind me, because it's something really important to you that I want to do, but I might not remember. And just having said that to him, I remember now. This is how he likes the knives washed, whatever, and I'm happy to do it that way. So he doesn't need to remind me. But we sometimes need to ask our partner to give us, well, to help us give us what we need you know when you it makes sense because when you talk about being reminded me personally i feel like if we have a conversation and we discuss an issue and we talk about it as adults as mature adults as sometimes sometimes i feel like i shouldn't have to remind you because if that conversation if you valued that conversation and that conversation was important to you I shouldn't have to remind you. However, you made a great point. Sometimes we have to go back and we have to we have to re-engage that conversation just for clarity. Because a lot of times, you know, as as human beings, when we in, when we in conversations, we, we have so much stuff on our mind. So we're thinking about the next thing 
to do or the next thing we have to do or something that I forgot instead of really sitting down and focusing on what's being said to us by our partner. And it's important to be heard, not just to listen, but to be heard and, and to be understood. And I think that was a great segue. So in our, in our pre-interview, um, we, we had a great discussion about our men, teaching our men how to um communicate right and be the men to our partners that they need to be so could you go into a little bit about um how can we even begin to do that when we live in a society where um not all men but the majority of men don't even really know how to communicate they have they they have no idea Right, and, and that's such a, a, a profound statement because really, Pierre Melody will say, we are just, adults are really children that have cobbled together an idea of what an adult looks like from how we saw our parents behave, our teachers, movies, and we put it together and we think we're adult. But as you so deeply said, we sometimes having an adult conversation, but sometimes we're not. We're talking from a younger place. We've been mm. triggered. So I'm not necessarily staying in the present with you anymore. You've said something and I hear my nagging father. And now I'm getting all worked up. So I might be triggered to a four-year-old. And that's going to show up differently. That's going to show up, I need to be right. Mm. I need to tell you what to do. I need to control you. I need to punish you. Those are <laughs> yeah. all younger ways of behaving. And when you said, spoke about not having to remind our partners, if you think of our, if you think of your relationship like your home, you don't live above it, you live in it, and you depend on it. So if you're going to yell and scream and shout over here, and your partner is going to withdraw, punish you, you are both going to lose. Why? Because it's as if you've shoved a whole lot of thrown a whole lot of garbage into your living room and now you both have to live in that space so yes it is important to ask your partner to give you what you want so just one little to help you give it he might not be able to if i say to my partner look i need you to go to an aa meeting five nights a week and i want you to go to psychotherapy he might say i can go to one aa meeting a week right. and i'll go to psychotherapy. psychotherapy let's just say and we can say that's amazing exactly. you can't get everything but i've got five percent of what i want and the way to get what you want is to take all your complaints this is just one tip of many under every complaint is actually a request so instead of saying you never take the garbage out which is just going to make you defensive say hey isaac is it okay with you i it would really be good for me if every night before you go to bed you would throw the garbage out then most often our partners can say oh sure i can do that i can do that yeah i can do that because it's said in such a different way it really means you're talking from your side of the line not you you never you always the whole of the dinosaur history has now come in. You never throw that garbage out. I've always got to nag you. Just stay on your side of the line. It would make me have such a much better evening if you, if I knew that you would be able to take the garbage out before we would go to bed. You know, that's, that was a great segue because 
as you as you was as you was talking, I, I was just thinking about the the many times that um, you know I wanted to have those those conversations, and they turn combative really really <laughs> quick, and 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 many times they're some of the simplest conversations, and and it go it goes back to you know what you were just talking about is that um, dealing with that that childhood trauma that many of us hold on to. Because hold on to and it becomes a comfortability. And that's what I had to find out for me because, you know, all of us have some level of trauma that we have we have had to deal with and we've had to look in the face. And when I begin to focus and look at my trauma head on, I didn't realize that it was even childhood trauma. I just I just thought I was just the person that I was. And through this learned and taught behavior that I've developed over the years, it became comfortable. And what happened was I was holding on to trauma because it was comfortable for me to deal with adverse situations. And in that and in that instance, I didn't have to be accountable for my 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 verbal and my emotional violence because that's what happens. You know, the violence becomes verbally and it becomes emotionally um, abuse and you become comfortable in it and and you feel like okay this is this is what i have you become you don't know any other way to communicate yes. unless you go to someone who can highlight that from you and exactly you said, so many, you said so many beautiful things you talk, spoke about being combative when we see our partner as the enemy rather than this partner is someone i live with and i love so it's in my interest to try and speak more respectfully because i want to in Joy, our time together. Every relationship has harmony, rupture, repair. And how quickly can we come back from the repair? It's not like Facebook, happy, happy, happy. And then you spoke about why do we have this combative or abusive way of speaking? Because of our relational trauma. I don't deal with people who were um, from Vietnam or... um, Vietnam vets or in a car accident. I talk about, I deal with people who are in relational trauma that Mm. very often they learn, they were falsely empowered. Let's say you have a father who beats you. He's doing two things. Remember that shame and grandiosity spectrum? On the one hand, he's shaming the little boy. That's one message. The other message is when you grow up, this is how a real man behaves. Wow. And then that child becomes abusive unless it's pointed out to him that you are modeling your father's behavior that you hated, that you swore you would never, and you have done the same thing. Many times we don't even realize that we're modeling um, our parents' behavior because it becomes normal for us. It becomes, like, like I just spoke about, that comfortability. It's like I'm in this comfortability I'm not living. I'm really surviving emotionally. So And you're not thriving. Exactly. Unless somebody holds up a mirror to you and said, you know, you might lose your wife and children if you carry on like this. That's your choice. It's always your choice. But if you want to take pause and just look and see what your contribution to the challenge in the relationship is, where am I not behaving 
fully respectfully or using my voice to to give and get healthily so we can learn to cherish what we have if we don't take some kind of professional help or a good friend or a pastor exactly we're going to fail we're going to flail you know one of um, um the one thing that i had to learn how to do um in this process of unlearning this old behavior is that I had to be accountability. I had to be accountable for me. And I had to be able to listen and not hear and understand when I'm in that space and I feel like I want to be combative, combative, sit still. Sometimes you just have to sit still and engage in some in some uncomfortable conversation now you talk about learned and taught behavior that's powerful so how do you when, when you when you engage with your clients and you begin to really learn who you are who they are and they and they start talking about this behavior and you start expressing to them is these are learned behavior how do you go about getting them to to see the behavior and begin to change the behavior because I think that's a very important piece. So I'm always curious, where did they learn this from? Or who did they learn this from? Or was this something that was done to them? Or did they see somebody doing this? Or did they do it to someone and no one stopped them? I'm curious. Wow. And then we can begin, are they modeling a parent? Are they being reactive? Did they have a very intrusive mother and now they're behind a wall and they, their partner will come and say, I can't get through to him. He doesn't hear me because he's behind a wall. The more the intrusion, the thicker the wall. The more someone feels my parents weren't there for me, the more they'll become love addicts. Love me, love me, love me. Mm. Um, so we want to we want to see where is this coming from and where is that little child who must have who did something intelligent when they went into their room and held the, their hand over their ears because they didn't want to hear the fighting that was going on that was intelligent it served them then but it doesn't serve it's it was adaptive then but it's maladaptive now it doesn't serve maladaptive behavior the yes relationship wow. Are relationships really that simple? <laughs> you know what? Um, what I've what I've learned is that relationships are really not that difficult when you begin to understand and learn who you are as a person, and and it's important that you have boundaries. And, and it's important that you can, can communicate those boundaries with your partner. And they should have boundaries. And, they sh and, they, and it's important for them to be able to communicate those boundaries and come to a medium ground, you know, the both we of you. We want to get you what I call healthy boundaries. We don't want to be too porous and boundaryless. Okay. And love me, love me, love me, like a, like a comedian. If you're happy, I'm happy. If you're sad, I'm sad. I want to have... When I want to know when I end and you begin. We can be different people, but still connected. You have your thoughts. I have my opinions. 
but we can still be connected. That's a healthy boundary. I'm protected and I'm connected. I, we don't have to have be the same person. Exactly. The other end of the spectrum is the walled off, where anything that you say to me doesn't go in because I'm overly protected and I'm not connected. It's almost like you can think about it like um, a, a windshield in a car, right? If you throw an egg at a windshield, it just goes splat. Right. So some of the things you say about me, if I pause a minute, it might be correct. If, and with that pause, I might notice, no, I take that about me, but that other thing you said, I think that's about you. That's got nothing to do with me. Not right. everything the world says is about me and is true or do I need to take in and that's the healthy boundary where we can be connected as well as protected being I able I don't need to convince you yes. of my opinion exactly I can hear your opinion. And, and that's what I was going to talk about I don't have to convince you you know that what I'm saying to you is right or wrong or indifferent however what I do want you to do I want you to be able to hear me and listen to what I'm saying. And if it applies, take a look at it. And if it doesn't apply, you know, let it fly. And, and a lot of times we have that difficulty because, um, once again, we're going to go back to being able to communicate effectively, you know, without being combative and without attacking our partner. And um, it is just so important you know, for for us as human beings to be able to communicate, you know, what we feel in and what we need. And and a lot of times we don't know what we need. And that comes with Yeah, and that comes with, you know, communicate being 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 able to communicating. But you know what? Being honest. Because so many times, and I know you've witnessed this on hundreds of of occasions we get into relationships for the wrong reasons. There's always that unhealthy um, ulterior motive. <laughs> and then we get into the relationships and then it's not, it's not going the way we want it to go. Now we two or three years in, we got a child and it's, it's all over the place. And it's like, what do I do? You said, you said a lot of wonderful things there. Um, I wanted to go back to, um, before you go about unhealthy relationships, um, when it came to the boundaries, and I've forgotten, but we generally attract what we need. Say that. So I want you, wait a minute. I want you to say that. Say that again. We say that again. We generally we attract what we need. Woo. So when you talk about a wrong relationship, I don't believe there's a wrong relationship. There is a relationship that might need to end now. But that time and space when you had that relationship came to teach you something about yourself. And that's what I wanted to say. This will connect back. Whenever we feel combative, it's usually because we feel attacked. And when we want to say something, we take that pause. And if you imagine a... a um, an imaginary line, and you just talk from the I position. I feel, I would like. When you do that, this is what I make up about it. This is what it makes me feel. Your partner is more is more ready to listen. If you say, 
you can want to even define, you know, I want to tell you something, Isaac, but I don't want you to fix it. And I don't want you to go behind your wall. I want you to stay with me where it's difficult to hear what I have to say. And then I'm going to listen to you as well. I know these things sound like so artificial, but we need to practice them for them to be to get into full respect living. We really need to practice this because these aren't skills we're taught or we're given. We're given more of the, the younger childlike skills. I, I like that piece. I, I want you to, I'm going to keep it on the eye. However, I need you. I need you to stay where you are. And I need you to have a clear understanding and absorb what I need for me. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity to let me know what you need from me. So we can have a general understanding of what we need for each other. I love that. That was great. Like stand in that moment. A, I just wanted to make a little tweak to that. We can't ask anybody to understand what we need. Okay. We can just say, I need you right now to just listen. I don't need you to say anything. I'm going to say what okay. I want to say. I just want you to listen. And then please ask questions. If it's not clear what I've said, and then I want to hear what you have to say. But don't respond in the middle. Don't jump in. Don't go behind your wall. Stay with me. Stay with me. That's beautiful. It's an invitation. I, I, I love that. This has been a great conversation. I mean, we could, we could, <laughs> we could talk for hours. I really, Absolutely. I really, really enjoy meeting with you. Tell our audience how they can get in contact with you. So I have a website, www.bev.co.il, Bev's Coil. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, um, I would say Facebook or my um, my website. Okay. And any of, your, any of your audience members who have listened to this, I'm very happy to offer them a complimentary call to see if I can help unravel what's going on for them, what their pain point is. Um, if they need that, please feel free to reach out wherever you are. Most definitely. Don't hold this alone. You don't have to do this alone. Exactly. You know what? You could have been doing anything else in the world, but you decided to come out and hang out with me today at the den. I really, really appreciate it. I enjoyed this conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, Ms. Mm -hmm. Joy Bay, we really, really enjoyed you, and I most definitely I'm going to need you to come back on this show because we have to finish this conversation. I really, really appreciate it. I really, really appreciated you. And once again, thank you for taking time out to come hang out with us today at the day. Thank you for having me. And thank you.